Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Welcome to the weekly call. We had a couple of technical difficulties getting into promoting over to Facebook Live. So if you're seeing this after the fact, because you asked to, to uh, get tagged on Facebook as soon as we got started, I'll send it to you once it's recorded. Um, grateful you're here uh, for those of you that made it. Um, you know, today we're going to cover a couple of things. I, as promised when I did the promotion, and we have a program called Grateful and Fit Now. And really what I want to do is talk about the, what that means to us and why it's so important. And I want to tell you first, it has nothing to do with the program itself. This isn't an, an, an effort or an attempt or any type of a coercion to sell anybody anything. This is absolutely to talk about what is important about gratitude, what is important about fitness, and really that's a great word for a tag, you know, for a tagline or the name of a program, but really it's about our physiology. And what do we mean when we say now? And what is important about that? So we're going to spend a few minutes talking about gratitude. We're going to spend some time talking about our physiology and what works in our physiology and how that works and why that's important. And then we're going to talk about now and what we're, what we're really trying to affect. So the overarching idea that I, I had in doing this, and I'll give you, a, let me just tell you a small personal story. For myself, I hit the ground running in my teens feeling like I wasn't very capable and I wasn't necessarily People weren't jiving with the way that I thought I could do things and the way I wanted to move forward. And I clearly come into the table with some issues. And um, I just wasn't, I wasn't showing up in a way that had people rallying around me to support me in doing something better or different. I had people trying to solve problems with me and for me. Um, and that, so that's just where I was. But I was a driven forward-moving person in my mind, regardless of, of, how that, of how that was happening. You know, the issue was I, I was drinking a lot and I was doing some other things. And that was my teenage years. And those were strategies that I was deploying as a teenager for my own survival of what helped me fit in and do all the things that got out of hand and I used too much of. But I was still this driven person. And I loved sports and I loved choir and I loved acting or theater. I got involved in stuff I could at school and I screwed a lot of it up, right? So that's as a kid. Well, that, I solved that problem in my mind at 17 and I joined the Marine Corps to get myself disciplined and focus and move on. And you'll hear me share that. Those that know me well have heard me share that specific idea throughout most of my life um, since, since that happened. Because it was a hard day looking in the mirror saying, you better go somewhere where you'll get kicked hard enough to learn this. And I joined the Marine Corps. So I learned discipline and focus and I learned how to move on. Left drugs behind, continued drinking for a while. And that strategy continued to not really work for me. And I just, and I dropped that at 20. My point being, as I stepped forward from there, it was my way wasn't resonating with the world, right? So where it worked, it worked and where it didn't, it didn't. And I had a belief system about myself that I had to make it. And I wasn't going to make it the way everyone else did. Or I wasn't going to take the standard, what my dad used to call it, the easy way. He goes, man, you love doing things the hard way. And by the time I turned 
40, he was like, you've done a great job of doing it the hard way. But man, you know, and, I, and I've always thought, couldn't I do it the easy way? So I've been what I would consider for 20 years of my life in this fight and this battle to succeed and to win and to overcome. So a lot of what's happened here has come from all of that experience, some of it beating my head up against the wall, trying to change. And most of it from winning and what actually ended up working. I did learn an awful lot of things that not to do and a lot of things that just were not effective. And I learned a lot of the ways I was thinking that were counterproductive, even though they seemed to make a lot of sense at the time. So I know a lot of other people have those and feel that way. As a matter of fact, most people do. We all have different things to varying degrees. And everyone, in my opinion, gets to have their very own personal experience with their own life and with their growth. And we don't need to tell people what to do. We need to offer people opportunities to do what they want in the best way they can. So that's how I approach the change process. And that's what's driven me for many, many years. What happened is I was finding myself driving forward successfully in anything I wanted to change. And I had career changes and other reasons in my life. I was an entrepreneur for a while. It became really important to have a different level of safety. And I dropped all those things and went into the corporate world for a while. And I've made a lot of changes. So a lot of us Gen Xers have done that, right? Trying to fight the battle of how we, how we were taught, just get a job for 30 years with the right company and then you're set. And a lot of us Gen Xers were like, oh, that's not working. So we tried different things. There you have it. So why gratitude? So gratitude over the years, no matter what I was doing, trying or anything else, a solid, strong foundation of everything that I was doing was about gratitude. And sorry, I was trying to fix something. Okay. And gratitude for me <laughs> and for everyone, like if you listen to Joe Dispenza or you talk, you know, you read anything that Earl Nightingale's, then you go down the list of all of these, all of the, and I like sticking with Joe Dispenza right now because I've done a lot of listening to his stuff and reading his books. And, you know, at the foundation of everything that he does when he puts people into these states where their bodies heal. Um, you know, Joe Dispenza, um, so, well, let me stay on track with that for a minute. The, at the base of all of that is a state, an emotional state of gratitude, right? And when, every, when I talk to people about gratitude, the most feedback I get is, oh, yeah, it's just a habit that I have to do. Well, habits don't work, right? Habits are temporary. It, unless we take a habit to the next step of automating it so that it becomes something natural that we just do all the time, and we're not necessarily even aware of it but it's a behavior that we engage all the time. A habit comes and goes, or we wouldn't constantly be focusing on shifting our habits. So gratitude to me is not a habit. Gratitude is a foundation. So in the foundation of what we're doing, in order to gain the most significant emotional state we can, that will give us the space and energy with our conscious and unconscious mind and our entire total selves, is to, to really find that gratitude. So I work with and I've, I've mastered these practices of crafting ways to engage gratitude so that instead of having to do a 30-day habit to try and get it to change. Now, there are scientists that have studied that 28 days of repetitive gratitude being that you, that you write down and share with someone else three things you're grateful for every day will actually change the, the chemistry in our brain to something more positive and emotionally resourceful. So that's something that's been studied and they say works. I've experienced that. 
Well, when you intensify that process a little bit and stack some things and engage more of our senses, we can actually achieve that in about 10 days. And then we can work on automations that create this foundational way of staying in a, in a state of gratitude that really affects the rest of our life really positively. So the way we do that is by engaging differently in different daily, weekly, daily and weekly routines and then activities that we schedule at different times of the month or the year or the quarter. And some of our, some people prefer strategies to start at night, some, you know, their, their daily strategy so that they end their day and start the next day before they go to sleep because sleep is preparing for the next day. Some people prefer to end their day and allow that sleep to, to close the day. And then they start their day one on awakening Either way, we, we have ways of helping people start or stop their 24-hour clock of gratitude practices anywhere in the day that you like. Um, either way, we're, we engage many more um, senses and get our entire selves involved in the process. And we anchor gratitude very quickly and come up with automations that work, that infuse it into the activities that are important to us in other areas of our life. Now, then we move to fit. The whole purpose of this is to create an environment in ourselves where the most change can happen in moving us from where we are today now to being the person we want to be, being who we are now, right? And that'll make sense later. So that, that, if that doesn't make sense to you already, that will make sense at some later date, if you stay engaged with us, any of us on the team or in our group, because we're not trying to change for tomorrow, we're changing now. So fit isn't necessarily about just being fit. Fit in this context is about keeping our physiology right. So we need our emotional to be solid. That keeps our brain chemistry. And then in order to support that, we need our health and wellness to be right. So we know, and I've learned one I've learned over time in my practices of just trying to become optimal, that there is no greater lateral movement. So something I learn here, like I can learn something at work that's about how to be a leader and that can transfer into a church or community group, or maybe at home. It doesn't, that doesn't always transfer very well to home. Um, but, but there's lateral movements. I learned something here. It benefits me here and here. There is no greater change that I have found that I can make for myself than focusing on creating the best optimal version of me physically that translates into every other or transfers into every other area of my life as a positive strategy or effective way to move forward. And it's the most incredible experience you'll ever have. Now, uh, not to get into my stuff or my baggage, but I yo-yoed 100 pounds every five years for at least three or four times before I finally decided I was done. And by then, I had become a certified and a professional certified coach. I'd become certified in a few other things. I decided I'm going to coach now as my way of living. Whereas before, I'd been coaching for years as part, a major part of how I did my businesses and how I... Showed, showed up in the roles that I was playing. I showed up as a coach in, in how I did things. 
I just finally had decided to transition and be that full on. And I was coming up with programs and creating. And that's where my point of awareness plan came up, which started where it was like, okay, I seem to be yo-yoing every five years. Getting in the best shape of my life is really important if I want to move forward and be optimal because what the swings and the emotions and the things that are coming with these massive weight changes are problematic and they're causing issues in my life. So seeing that, knowing that needs to be addressed, I set a five-year plan because about every five years, I'd have this awareness of my birthday again, oh, I got to do something about it. And sometime in that year, I'd finally make a decision to move forward. Problem is I'd lose, I'd, I'd lose the weight, but I found out I was losing the muscle and I was getting weak. I found out all kinds of things that the traditional diet plans and all the things that we're seeing on the internet or in books or people are just sharing with us, well, just do this or that. And I have intense willpower. If I believe something should work for me, I'll do it. I was doing things that weren't ending up being very good for me. So my physiology, although I had the right idea of trying to become something, because I wasn't doing it the best, I wasn't doing the best way for me based on how I'm wired and what I need or the human body, even based on how that's made, it wasn't working for me. I was trying to use things that were meant to be used for a small part of the goal, right? Because if I have a goal of being that best, best shape of my life, because I want my physiology to support my emotional state so I can be effective and, and solid and I can have a strong foundation to grow from, then I have to, I, you know, I can't take the small steps, right? The, the lemonade cleanse is just a cleanse. It's not the diet plan that's going to get me where I want to go. And, you know, the, the keto and all the other things I did, right, aren't the whole picture. The whole picture takes a team of people. So, it takes a doctor. It takes, you know, for me, it took a nurse practitioner, a doctor, a cardiologist, a nutrition specialist, a trainer, and a coach, and a chiropractor, and a therapist. And I actually had a couple of coaches, especially being a coach and coaching coaches and training coaches. We were constantly coaching each other. And these are the things we use to help each other to practice the skill of coaching. So, all, you know, this is the team that I put around me to try and work on that. So my physiology would be great. And I lost the weight and I learned a lot of things. And then I made a real shift because what had happened is I had gotten as far as I could, but I hadn't changed my metabolism. I hadn't made my body switch into optimal, the best way a body can work. And I took that, I took another dive and I joined a program. And I got involved in learning new things about everything that I was doing from experts that focused on helping people make their bodies optimal. So I learned through experience this amazing opportunity to maximize ourselves physically and how well that supports us in doing all these other things. And on top of gratitude, it works. Well, the other thing I've been doing for years is I've been focusing on strengths. And in strengths, you know, that's not in grateful and fit now necessarily. It is in the now, but I learned strengths. And when I put all that together, based on how I'm wired and my gifts, I, I realized that, man, this is so critical and important. I can't put together a program where we don't make sure that people understand the importance of that. So what does, again, I'm not selling a program. I'm talking about my experience with these things to help you think about your experience with these things so that 
your experience with these things can be yours and you can use them to create your own foundation. This is a call to action to create your foundation. Whether you use a resource that I provide to you because I want to pump resources out into the world that help people. There's a lot of do-it-yourselfers that aren't necessarily going to need to do, do, join any program. But there's, and there's a ton of resources that are available to them. There's going to are also a lot of people that want to join programs. And the one I'm launching might not be the right one that fits for you, that fires you up and has you thinking, man, that's me. That's where I belong. And that's where I feel inspired. I joined, well, it's now called Superhuman that John Madsen launched, and he has a team of people working and helps people become optimal. And I had been working with, with Lori Karn and through what that I had learned through a chiropractor uh, and weight loss clinic and as a coach. She got me so far. Well, then I had, in this stage of it, I had met John and man, everything changed, right? Because I invested in myself to do that. That fired me up because he was talking to CEOs and professionals. So I instantly in my mind related and felt dialed in with the, with my type of thinking and the people that I related to. And he absolutely cut to the chase and said, this is the stuff you get to create a relationship with and here's how you're going to do it. And I just knew entering it that I was going to win. You're going to have a program that you feel that about. Lionel is on the call here with Lion Strong. We worked out in the gym a little bit ago. Well, I don't know it's not worked out. We trained in the gym just a little bit ago and did all kinds of movements. And I've watched him with, help people with Parkinson's correct physical issues. And I've watched him with, with other people that have much more significant physical issues than I do bring great healing into their life and strength like no before. And regardless of any of that, we, we trained for about 35 minutes today and it, that alone felt somewhat life-changing in the new body movements he was teaching me. That might fire you up. I don't know what's going to fire you up. Any fitness program might be out there, but if you're not focused on fitness by doing it for yourself, you might be at a gym already. You might be already training with a trainer. You might not need anybody helping you with that. That doesn't mean it's not gonna be part of your daily routine and part of your practice of knowing about your physiology. Because even if you're doing that, it doesn't mean your hormones are right. It doesn't mean your metabolism's absolutely optimal. It doesn't mean that your physiology is dialed in to, to maintain the greatest amount of emotional resourcefulness to allow you to easily and effortlessly create anything you want. So those are two of three things that are really important if we want to master change. So I do attract a lot of people that are already in phenomenal shape and don't need the help in those areas. It doesn't matter. If you're coming to me already, if you're coming to us and, 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 and you're already in that space or not, no. And if you don't come to us at all and you're just, you know, you're here learning, know that making the effort to do that and every single person that's truly optimal and that wants to help you be optimal is going to tell you the same thing. You get to decide what optimal is for you. You get to decide what you want your body to look like. You get to decide what you want your energy level to be. And all of that is our physiology. So there's gratitude is the baseline foundation of what we create for peace, emotional state, openness of mind, ability to think clearly. Fit is where we focus on our physiology. Where are we with our physiology? 
And there's so many resources there. Sometimes we just need help sorting through to the things that are going to work for us based on the current needs. I am not the expert for all things in any area. My expertise is in the now. Right, so I've experienced these two things. And what happens is, oh, I'm going to sneeze. Pardon me. Ooh. That would have been fun. <laughs> so the now is what we come next to. How are we doing on time? We're actually doing okay. So the now we're going to wrap up with now is what's happening today. <clears throat> One of the things I've learned is that we, when I was 300-pound Jeff, I had to put myself in a mentality of becoming 200 pound Jeff in my mind before I was, before I was 200 pounds, I had to go back to thinking, what was it like when I was 200 pounds? And then when it was time to kick it in gear and break the barrier, the 30 year barrier barrier I had had of, of 207, it was a whole nother way. I had to imagine myself being at a lower weight and really wanting to learn. And that's what the now is. The now is putting ourselves in the right mental place because nobody knows. And I'll tell you something else. When I was 185 pounds or 175 pounds, and I had squeezed as much fat in my body out as I could in that session safely, some people didn't know when I was walking in the gym that there were days I was still walking in as 300-pound Jeff. That's what the now is about. With our gratitude dialed in and our physiology as optimal as we can make it, it's a lot easier to stay. It's a lot simpler to stay in the now. What else is important about now? Right here, right now, there's you. If you're listening to this and you're engaging with this with me, there's also me. And that right now, there's three other people on this particular call. There might be more, but let's just say there's three other people on this call right now. That is can you still hear me yes i can hear you okay great um sorry i touched the screen and it looked like i went dead there um so now there's this moment now I could be in any place I choose. Now, I could be talking to myself any number of ways possible. Right now, I am presenting something and projecting something to, to, to you. And you are receiving. And you are perceiving from what I'm projecting. Now is where those two things meet. How do we affect those moments in our lives with everyone, our children, our spouses, our friends, our neighbors, our workmates, people in the gym, people on the road, people in the grocery store? What are, what are, the, and, and we're, what are the important ones? The boss we're talking to about a promotion, the customer we're trying to support and be positive for so they stay loyal and want to work with our companies, the people that work with or for us that we want to keep on our team. What are the most important 
moments that we can affect now when we have a foundation of gratitude and a positive and our positive physiology all the rest of that starts becoming much more simple now strengths comes into play because that's my expertise strengths and finding these hinge points that make the greatest difference and strengths is this huge topic that we're going to talk about more and i'm not going to go into great detail about on this call but I do have an ebook coming out and we have programs where we help people through the Clifton Strengths model. And there you can go do Clifton Strengths on your own. There's a million books out there. We've it's so critical to stop focusing on the things that aren't working and that are broken and that we might be critically minded about. We absolutely critical minded, I say this all the time, is wise and needed in many situations, right? It does keep us safe and keep us from adding harm to our life. And it's something that has value. But now, if we want to, if we're optimal and we're calm and we're asking, what's the best next action I can take? That if I should take that action could affect all these other actions, to be the most beneficial, positive action that I could take, what would that be? And we're waiting and listening and staying in this move, in this flow of sensing what's right. And everyone I've met can think of a time when they were in flow. They just felt like fulfilled in everything that they were doing. And this, that's the now that we're looking for. When we set those we get these things in order. Anything that gets thrown at us from life becomes simpler and easier. From there, we also build this vision of who we want to be and what we would like. We work on these really long-term overarching, seriously huge things that people are, why would you think that far out or that big? Well, sometimes it's just to give our unconscious minds enough things to work with so that the now becomes simpler. If, Elon Musk weren't concerned with and thinking about how to get to other universes. He might not have ever developed all the things that he has developed. So if he didn't have this huge overarching goal of what he wanted to do, so many things, we wouldn't have made the same progress with, with the type of things that he's done. So sometimes it's as simple as that. The main picture is, is that it's, this is or the main idea that I have in, in sharing this with everyone is that it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter overall in the big picture what you do or what you try and what you join. Maybe you need to try and do some stuff on your own. Maybe maybe it's better for you to invest in yourself and find something that resonates with you that will really support you. You get to decide. You get to stay at full choice with yourself, and you get to decide what next action you're going to take. You are always a choice. But if we, and, and if we don't start with gratitude and really thinking and evaluating and looking honestly at our physiology and everything happening in our physiology and finding the right support and help to put that together and make sure, it's not even about putting it together, it's about making sure we're on a path that does the best that guaranteeing will maintain that for longevity for a long period of time. And then looking at what's working and what's strong and what's best in us of how we approach life, we don't have the same foundation. And once we do, things can click and become easy. So try those things for yourself. Look for those things in others. 
I say a couple of, there's one other concept I think I'll just close with before I open up with questions. And that is, there's this idea that people have given me before of following someone else's footsteps, find what they've done and do it, you know, do what they did and get what they have. Which certainly if what I've been trying isn't working to get what I want, I'm going to, I'm going to, I like to look outside to find other people doing the same thing. Oh, that works for you. Let me try it that way or this way. Or So we collaborate and we gain ideas of how to move forward. And sometimes we can go to someone and say, show me what you did and let me do it. And if we follow in someone's footsteps, that's great. But if we forget this one really important, really critical idea that comes along with that, and that is don't be so engaged in following in someone else's footsteps. Find, find the people that are seeking the similar things and seek what they're seeking. So the shift came thinking about everyone talked about my grandfather a lot. And it was like, if I could just follow in his footsteps. And someone said to me one day in, in, in a coaching session, what if you stopped following in his footsteps and you just seek what he sought? And he was a pioneer. And I thought, oh, man. I could be, I could have his pioneering spirit and not have to do exactly what he did to be successful, which may not even work in these times. What would be different there? And I got to deploy the pioneer spirit, still feel connected to that energy of my grandfather, who was a very successful man. And yes, I got to look at his footsteps and consider those things. But I didn't have to abandon my footsteps and what I thought was best for me. And my experimentation with life is I got to still tap into my own pioneer spirit and stay connected that way. So I'm going to stop there and just put it out if anyone has questions. And you can either chat, text in the chat, raise your hand, just start talking. There's uh, four of us here. So you could probably just unmute if you're ready and start talking if you have any questions. Hi, Jeff. I have a question. Yeah. We Hi. started off talking about gratitude. So how does gratitude link here with um, finding your, your path with um, surrounding yourself with the right people or choosing how you're going to move forward? How does gratitude link to that? That's a great question. Um, and I appreciate you asking. So. Gratitude in, in, the, in the thought of it is really linked to everything because it's more of a, a condition we can put ourselves in that allows us to see things differently. And when we're looking at the world in a view of um, what isn't working well or what we're upset with, um, we're in a different place and we're open to different things. The spirit of gratitude actually is an opening. It causes this opening of our mind and our body to good things. And that idea or statement that says what we focus on is what will grow. So I don't want to implant or bring out the ideas of the alternatives to gratitude that aren't as resourceful or positive. And we're, you know, we're all safe, happy, and healthy here right now. So if we were to bring in bitterness or um, 
we were to bring in other thoughts, I, I, let's not, not let's not go down a list of them. If we were to bring in other ways of being or thinking that are not gratitude, what happens, right? So that's one thing that we can think about, just what happens and what grows and what changes. Typically what happens is I, so here's, a, here's an exercise I use for gratitude. And this is a great example to, that I think answers the question. My, my buddy, Daryl Fusaro, um, read something one time in the science of this idea of saying yes every time your left foot hits the ground and that opens us up to this to, to the idea of gratitude it makes us grateful it makes us affirmative and positive and if we do it every time our left foot hits the ground the right side of the mind opens and changes and because left side of our body is controlled by right brain and we are more creative and open to positive things so we started to practice it walking into the VA and I, every time we go into the VA, it was, and all of our thoughts about the VA were, man, every time I go to the VA, it's going to be a grind. And I'm going to have to wait forever and they're going to be slow and they're not going to have my appointment right. Or the man, there's always something wrong and someone's always got an attitude and ah, all these things about the VA. Well, I had already been trying to keep a positive attitude and do all these things. I couldn't find much that I could be grateful for there other than, well, I'm grateful I have a place to go to get medical attention if I need it right now, because at the time I didn't have insurance. So great. I get to go to the VA and get help there. I'm grateful that I have that resource. And um, I'm grateful that I made it in the military and got made it out of the military in a condition that allows me to use the VA benefit. So, that's all, that was a pat on the back, job well done. Moving that into my experience with the VA and then putting an action to it by every time my left foot hits the ground, I say yes, and that's opening up my gratitude. Every time I walked into the VA practicing that, I had a positive experience. The negative crud that, that was there still existed, and I noticed, wow, they have an attitude. I wasn't as charged by it. And I was able to let it go easier or have more patience or be more ready. And really, I just didn't notice it as much. I didn't notice all the problems I had seen before. I started noticing the things that were working well. And it taught me firsthand that value of what we focus on is what grows. So gratitude, not only being um, in many, you know, depending on what sp scriptural, spiritual type books we open, it's a theme we talk about medical professionals like Joe Dispenza, or we go down the road of um, other types of coaches and people that focus on motivation. There is um, a great deal of, of discussion out there about gratitude, but specifically to answer your question, how it helps us in getting around the right people is that it opens us and creates that foundation. And it gives us the energy and the space that what we're grateful for is what grows and what we're not looking for falls off and, and diminishes easier. Did that answer your question? Well, it, yeah, it gave me some things to think about. And so now I'm kind of thinking about the link to fitness and health. I'm thinking about when, you know, if someone falls off track with their fitness goals or their health goals, it's so hard to just get into the gym to just step foot in there. Like, 
what could the gratitude message be just walking in there? Would it be just say, I got here. Um, I'm doing something good for myself, whether it feels like work or not. Um, So I think maybe you did answer my question because I'm kind of leading myself to to some positive thoughts here. That's awesome. One, One of the things I'll share with you, I have a mantra when I go to the gym and that's when I train, I get stronger and people I love get stronger or people I'm trying, people I'm helping get stronger. So when I you know, that idea that when I take care of myself, it affects everyone around me when, when, because I'm in a better condition to be helpful and loving and kind to those that I want to be helpful and loving and kind towards. So that's one of the, what I call a base repeatable and our, you can find your own there as well, which you already were, that's the road you were going down. That's the language I put to the road you were starting to go down naturally. I, no one guided you or lent or prodded you into that. You naturally went into this state of thought and curiosity of, oh, how does this affect over here? You naturally came up with answers because those answers naturally live within you. That's another thing to be grateful for. I get to go train. That's a really good point. Yeah, I get to go to the I get to go to the gym, or I get to move my body to be healthier. I, so I can also t- so I can feel good about myself and help others. I have amazing ideas. <laughs> I'm grateful that I have ideas of that can benefit me. Yeah, it all kind of starts to click. The further down the gratitude road you go, even if they're they're crumbs of gratitude, they feel joyful, and that leads you to more. Potentially. I was getting chills. It was like, woo. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, I was too. <laughs> what happens? Oh. And when we maximize those in the now, right? When it's like, man, just just the belief center that if we just take care of ourselves, at the end of the day, I was talking to someone about this yesterday at one of these big networking groups. And I, we had known each other for a long time ago and I, I didn't even recognize him. And we just started a conversation and he, he started digging into a little bit about, about what I do. And the simplest answer I could give him was, and I try and encourage people to focus first on all of the things in their life that are controllable. And just to meet, meet ourselves where we're at, honestly, in the mirror and make decisions on what we want to do. Maybe we don't want to do anything different, and maybe we do, but everyone gets their freedom to choose that. The start, right, the beginning is to get a level set of at least being honest with ourselves of where we are. And if we know where we are with gratitude, we know where we are with our physiology, that gives us the foundation because those are the things we really can initially control fairly quickly. Can I riff off that for a second? I've been kind of stewing on something since we started. Please. Yeah, I'm just thinking about how, um, I, I'm not sure if this is like a solely female phenomenon or if it's just more, more intense for women or not, but I was thinking about when you were talking about your weight struggles, how like as a woman, I've, I've always felt that you look in the mirror ready to step out into the world and the focus goes on what's not right. Like my hips don't look right today or this isn't small enough today, or this isn't big enough today, or, you know, and then if the the body's in check, then it's like, how's the hair? How's the face? Do I have too many accessories on? And um, 
I started combating that in my life by just spending time in front of the mirror every day, focusing on what I liked. Mm-hmm. And just it allowed less room to focus on what I learned to dwell on in the negative. Like, I'm just going to, I like this part today. I'm going to like lead with that and I'm good. And it just kind of allows the negative things that might come in on a different day to, to fall off. And it just, what, what we've been speaking on, it just kind of was uh, resonating with that. So I wanted to share it. It's amazing. That's a, and that's a home run. That's a, if we can look in the, if we can look in the, in the mirror and see what we do like, that's, that's what we call strengths. When we focus on what we do like, what changes, right? So you had a, an intense experience, a great experience by focusing on what you do like. Thinking about the, of what, the difference, man, how do we do that? There's a, you know, you talk about the difference between men and women, and I'm, there's a ton, right? But again, let's look at what's the same. Let's look at the similarities. And I talk to both men and women. They're like, man, I'm tired of looking at scales and calories and you know, one person says, man, on the eating disorder side of life or the disordered eating side of life, that remove all these things and get rid of them, for, you know, because they're bad for us. And others say, weigh yourself every day. Man, what if both answers are right? They're just for different times of life, right? What if, what if we were never meant to weigh ourselves every day for the rest of our lives, but doing that for two years? created a new relationship with the foods we were eating and the hydration we had so we could learn. We weren't doing it to judge ourselves. We were doing it to learn how our bodies operate with our behaviors. What if we just did it for data every five years for three months so we could learn more about our bodies? And what if it was never meant to become part of who we are, just a resource or an activity? that we got to engage with. We don't want to automate and become part of all these other things. Yeah, that's, want- making me, that's making me think about just getting in the gym itself when it's, a, when it's a struggle. It's like just getting in the gym and just getting biofeedback about how we're functioning that day could be a positive reinforcement to, to gratitude about where we are. Right. Yeah, and it's amazing how that energy gets freed up. It's, we just get absolutely freed up when we stay in the right spirit and right energy of it. Yeah. None of these things need to, you know, that, that I think that's one of the mistakes we make. That's grateful and fit. Now, when we get into these daily routines and when we get into all the, how it works and everything else at the end of the day, it's about designing who we really are. Like those concepts as a foundation for living are about giving ourselves the best chance to be able to truly design who we want to be. And once we know who we want to be on every level, it makes it a lot easier to make decisions as to whether or not we're going to go to the gym or not, or all those other things on a daily basis become easier decisions because we're really engaged with the design of the life we want to live. So the eating differently isn't a lifestyle. And a matter of fact, once we're optimal, we don't have to eat differently all the time. We just, we get really specific. Everyone gets to learn how they work best to have the best things they want in life. So every person 
gets to design exactly who they want to be. And they get to play with, well, I really like cheesecake. And I want, I want to eat cheesecake every day. That's, I want to design cheesecake into my life every day. Well, they might think that's a good idea and go down that road and they might succeed at reaching that goal. They might also go partway down the road and say, mm, maybe cheesecake once a week is good because having cheesecake every week means I need to do these activities or these other things. <laughs> and having cheesecake every day is affecting my mood differently that I don't like and whatever, right? So might change that along the way. So everyone gets to have their own opportunity, their own experience with those decisions and those desires and those thoughts. And it's not, there's, we're not trying to get to a destination. We're creating an environment where we stay in the happiest, most nice place we can. I was talking to, I'll add, so one last story. There's a woman that has children that are all athletes. They're all, they're all really successful in college programs. Looks like they're getting, you know, they've got coaches surrounded all around them. They've had coaches since near the end of high school and the husband or dad in the, you know, worked with them so far and then started bringing in experts. And then once they got in college, they had entire teams around them, supporting them in all the, in their sport activities and, and in their, in, and in their schoolwork, right? Their, um, well, their schoolwork and academics. <laughs> so they have all these coaches around them and she's beating herself up the head over the head a little bit going, Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? These guys, they're all so disciplined and they, they have all this support and all this help. And she's coming from this place of, I should know this stuff. And we started talking about <laughs> like, what's different about them from you. And is, and really the only difference that it came down to is she doesn't see herself as, as, as she doesn't really, she's not treating herself as that person who has this amazing dream and goal that you want to put support towards to help reach it. Whereas that does, because it's maybe the NBA or it's maybe some other thing. And when you're here, trying to get here, there's judgments and beliefs and all these other things. And it, we started going down the road of talking about what if what everything you want here is as exciting as the NBA? It's what you want, right? So there's that also that part of allowing ourselves, allowing ourselves to get what we want and not comparing it to it being as sexy as getting in the NBA or the NFL or the Philharmonic, you know, in, in New York or whatever. We, man, being an amazing mom or dad and fitting into the right suits or the right dresses or the right clothing and live in a way we want to, where we eat what we want, we enjoy ourselves, the fruits of our life of having become successful and doing these things, moving into towards a retirement. What if that is exciting because it's what you want? So like we do all these things to create judgments and why not give yourself the support to really get exactly what you want and really design exactly what you want. Cause that's what these guys are doing over here. The athletes are designing the exact movements they want to be successful. They're designing the persona that they need to have 
to be a good team player. And what all these things, they're on great detail with a lot of support. Why aren't we all doing that for ourselves? And typically it's because we don't believe that we're, that our dreams and our goals are really that good or that amazing. And I call crap on that. Start with what you want. You never know what might open up in us, right? What we want, what we focus on grows. Start, start focusing on, on what's been put in your heart as a desire of who to be, how to be. Put a solid foundation of wisdom under it. Focus on gratitude as a daily practice all the time. I, I'll offer anyone that wants it resources, little page things that you can use to, to practice gratitude in four different ways throughout the day. It's just, there's so many resources that are, that are available. They're so valuable on how to infuse gratitude into your life. So we move next and go to whatever else we want from there, right? Get our physiology, right? Focus on our bodies. Our bodies are, are also um, receptors and we're, we're, we're sending and receiving messages physically as well. Listening, knowing ourselves on that degree. It's, it's just an amazing process. You know, now maybe, maybe we can allow all this other stuff. And for whatever reason, we don't think it's as valuable as these other things that seem so great for everyone else. Um, we need to stop comparing ourselves to the rest of the world and just go after what we want and be that person. When you walk into the room, people are like, oh, you know, you'll be noticed. And maybe that doesn't even matter. Maybe that's not what you want. Embrace it. Um, all right. Um, anything else before we cut out? All right. I'm going to sign off from here. Um, I appreciate you. Thanks for your participation, Robin. And um, Lionel, it's great seeing you here. Thanks for being here. Thanks Thank for, you, man, for having us. You got my muscles sore earlier, too. I appreciate that. Good. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace out to everybody. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me in anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.